This episode of the Pain Game Podcast is sponsored by Surfshark. Surfshark is a virtual private network that you can use as an app or browser extension. It lets you place yourself anywhere in the world and allows you to access the internet as if you were in another country. So let's say you wanted to rewatch Fury Wilder, but from the American point of view, you could use Surfshark to put yourself in America, watch their coverage, you could hear their commentary, and witness Tyson Fury winning it all in their backyard. Oh, I bet they were gutted. So if you want to check it out, go and click the link in the description below and use the code Jordy to get 83% off with three months extra for free. Also, Surfshark offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk to try it out. You think I'm done? Nah, I've got another one for you. They also let you use one account on all your devices, so they've just got you covered. So big thanks to Surfshark for sponsoring this episode, but for now, enjoy the podcast. At one time I was homeless. Instead of going home every night, there was no home to go to. Life at home was very difficult. I grew up being abused. I lost my belt. I lost respect. I embarrassed my family. My vision was pretty much non-existent. I was able to just about scrape by the medicals. When I come out, I have supreme confidence, but I'm scared to death. I'm afraid of everything. I didn't care about living, I just wanted to die. I got up and I felt the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I knew I was going to make a comeback. Fighting, this was designed for me. This is what makes us who we are. I'm the best. Who the fuck I'm so far ahead of this game. My dream, my vision for myself is to be the greatest martial artist to ever live. I have always been a fighter. There is nothing I do better in this life than fighting. There ain't never been a man that could better me. I was born to do this. Nobody can get close. I'm the best fighter in the world. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that ever been. Can you hear us, John? Yeah, I can hear you, mate. Perfect. All right. My name's Brian, mate. I don't know if you remember meeting us before. I do. I've come with Tyson on your show, didn't I, in London? Yes. I wasn't actually aware of what a cracking talker you were at the time. Otherwise, it would have been uh, <laughs> it would have been you and him. But uh, <laughs> here we are. I got you finally. Um, hey, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, it's an honour, mate. I, I think you're... Uh, one of the most entertaining speakers in the sport of boxing. And uh, Thank you. I'm a huge uh, boxing fan. Um, God knows what must be going through your head after a whirlwind. Uh, what, what is it like to just finally look at the trilogy complete with Deontay Wilder and know your son came out on top, mate? It's a relief because he was the hardest in heavyweight the last 60 or 70 years, probably of this century, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because nobody it's harder than Wilder. I can see from the right hand he took his whole body covered like a jelly on a plate, yeah. you know, so it was uh, always danger. And he was like he was like a, a wounded tiger, wasn't he? He could he could, he could uh, arm you still at any time. You know, I was glad to get out of the way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tyson and I was, I think, the most worried I've ever been. What? How worried were you when he went down uh, the, in that fourth round twice? Um, I was worried because it was early on in the fight, uh-huh. you know, and I thought, you know what, to get dropped in the fourth round, but he, he made a rookie error and walked straight onto a powerful right hand, which I'd never seen Tyson do before, to be fair with you. He's generally cleverer than that. But what happened was he tried to pick a wounded tiger up by the tail, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he got caught, you know, a rookie error, but he paid the price for it, you know, but he was hurt, badly hurt. Yeah. At, at some stage, you know, I think he was more hurt than when he got went from the first for a while, if I, to be honest. He looked yeah. more hurt then. Sorry, that was the same shot that I think uh, Luis Ortiz yeah. got flattened with. Absolutely, I think that hurt more than when he got when he was out on his back because he got up and he was, he looked stronger when he got up the first time because he yeah. was a bit he was a bit groggy when he got up this time. To be fair with you, 
was a hell of a shot, though. Yeah, I, I, when someone goes down a second time that early, you just don't see them go on and win the fight. No. Uh, and I guess that's testament to what an amazing, uh, gutsy performance it was from Tyson. You talked about the uh, the fact that he got hit with that kind of shot. Um, mm-hmm. A few people have said it wasn't the the best version of Tyson, technically speaking. Um, why do you think that was? He never had time to prepare properly. He had nothing but problems leading up to the fight. He got COVID in July when it was meant to take place there, got oh. back and then his daughter was uh, gravely ill and he spent two weeks on the floor of an hospital, you know, oh. and he, he didn't get out of the hospital till the 4th or 5th of September. Oh. And he did that four weeks later, you know, because he went running with me mm-hmm. whilst he was in Liverpool. And to be honest with you, he was all out after the three-mile run. I finished fitter than him, 56-year-old <laughs> and 20 stone. His lungs on fire. I could hear him breathing like a wooded horse. You know, and at the end of the day, I thought, you know what? How are we going to get this? But he said, look, I've got to do it because of my fans. They've waited so long. He said, I don't want to lose face. I'm going to fight this man if I've got one leg, he said. Uh-huh. If I've got one leg and one arm, I'm fighting Wilder. That's what he did. You know, and I was worried about it from start to finish. But we put a brave face on. Did no negativity at all. It was all positivity, all positive stuff. And we just wanted to make him as positive about it as he possibly could. Because he knew he was going to do it anyway. Yeah. I've never seen Tyson look that tired during no. the middle of a fight. I was uh, That was where the fears were really gripping. Like me and all my mates were watching it and we were all panicking at this point. Um, but he, he did pull through and he always does seem to pull through. And, and that's the, the sort of special thing, I guess, about him. Where, where does this come from, do you think? Where's that inner belief coming from? You're born with that. You know, I've told him all his life that nobody can beat you, son. Yeah. You've got ability to burn, you've got art to burn, you've got drive to burn. Nobody can equal you in any department. And I instilled that in him from being seven or eight-year-old, you know, because I knew he had a lot. And I said, there's only one man going to ever beat you, son, and that's yourself, you know, and it's tremendous. But it's a DNA thing. It's uh-huh. got to be. Because, and it, I've never seen that kind of will and desire, especially when you're in trouble like that. Because it was all over in the fourth round. If you'd yeah. have said to me, okay, it's going to get stopped next, I wouldn't have been so surprised. But... He went on again. He had that look in his eye. Got up. So here we are again. Right, dog fight trenches, and that's exactly what he went in. I've I've never seen a heavyweight fighter take punishment and get dropped. And actually, is is generally more scary after you drop him. That's it's an unusual just, thing, isn't it? He just sort of like he just had an influx of power and desire. Didn't he? Like yeah. somebody put a drop back on him. Yeah. It's like somebody injected him with venom and uh, on, on hell intentions. You know, because after the sixth round, fifth and sixth and seventh, he was getting stronger and stronger. But inactivity had a lot to play, yeah. played a big part in that because he'd been out for 20 months, a lot of problems. And I don't think he settled before six or seven rounds, Tyson. I think it took him seven rounds to settle into it. His, his timing didn't seem to be the, the, no. the, the normal timing that we see from Fury. It took yes. him a while. He was 60% of what he should have been. How can you prepare in three or four weeks, Max? And, you know, and he, he hardly done any road work. You can see by 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 his body that he was he he was uh, he could have done better. Yeah, you know he, he was relying on brains, skill, and heart, will, and determination to bring him home. And it did in the end in a thrilling affair. But could he have been better? Oh yes. It, it, it makes you think. What you know? No wonder Deontay Wilder accused him of cheating because he he, he must be so mentally broken by the fact that this guy and uh, you know Tyson when he came in the first fight probably had his weakest physically and then in in the third fight maybe at his least fit we've seen him 
and and you still couldn't get him out of there. You know, like what? Well, I just think that was the best Deontay Wilder we've seen. I, I do. Yeah. After, and sixty percent to Tyson, and that still wasn't enough. Yep. You know, and at the end of the day, you'll never keep this guy down. He's a he's a gigantic man with a heart as big as himself, and I'm his father. Don't know where it comes from. You know, because I've never seen it in a fighter before. Uh -huh. That will and desire when you shouldn't be winning. Uh -huh. He's doing things you can't do. He's doing the impossible. He had three weeks training for that. And the training basically was just sparring and gym work. A bit of bag work, sparring, and a bit of strength and conditioning work. That's all he had. He never had time to know those. You know, like I say, we could have done with it being put back a bit, but he said, no, but I can't put it back no more. Because I didn't want him to fight him. I said, look, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah. So how can you fight this fellow? He's been training for 18 months for you. I said, he's had plenty of time to get over his whooping. I said, now he's put a year's training on and off and they've got it right, which big up to Malik Scott. He'd done a good job and I'll take it back about the kid. What I said about him, I said yeah. he couldn't improve him, but he did. And I'm a man who admits when he's wrong. Yeah, when, when Deontay came out landing those, those stiff body shots, for all Deontay was clearly, uh, he, he looked tense and he looked very nervous. They were having an impact, and I was I was worried because obviously the movement of Fury is what we expect, and he, you know we expected that to slow him down a bit. Um, so credit to Malik Scott, but in terms of Deontay, you know after three fights, you'd have thought there'd have been a handshake there. W what do you make of that? The lack of respect at the end. Well, he just marred a great performance for himself, didn't he? And he showed yeah. like these childish characteristics again. I don't like Wilder as a man at all. He'd never be on my Christmas card list. I'd never say anything good about him, only his fighting ability, because he's got nothing else good about him. He can punch, and he's got art, and he's got a warrior's will, but that's all he's got. Mm. As a man, or anything else, zero. But did he put a good performance up that night? Of course he did. It takes two to tango, and it made a great evening in the boxing. One of the greatest heavyweight title fights you'll see in some time. And it takes two to tango. He played his part, but a horrible, horrible, horrible man. And, uh, because anybody shake hands. After what they've been through, they battered each other to a pulp. You'd mm -hmm. think the last thing they have, okay, we'll put our differences to one side. I'm going to shake your hand, mate. You beat me three times. There's my hand, there's my heart. We'll have a drink sometime. You know, it was worthy of that and more. But what did he get? And nothing. I don't respect you as a sport. And I've got no respect for you at all. And I told Tyson, I said, listen, Tyson, don't show him no respect at the end of it. Don't go and shake his hand. Don't do nothing. But Tyson's a lovely guy. Mm-hmm. He's been brought up to show respect and put his hand out to shake hands. We're fighting people. The fights I've had in my lifetime, we've always shook hands afterwards. So he's been my worst enemy. But we shook hands afterwards because it's a fight. We put our differences to one side. We shake hands, have a pint of beer. If you want to be my enemy on Monday, you can be. That's how we work. It feels like uh, Deontay just can't accept it. You know, he knocked out whatever it was, 40 people solid. And then this one guy who we sort of picked on, thinking, ah, he's out of shape. It'll be a nice, easy win on my resume. And then yeah. I'll move on to Anthony Joshua. And, you know, the Gypsy King comes and shocks the world three times over. And he just can't accept that someone else is better than him. And you're right, it is childish. And it's a shame, like you say, it was one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. And even Mike Tyson, someone who obviously you were inspired by and gave your son his name, said... You know, that was a, they went down as the greats, and specifically Tyson Fury is an all time great. What is it like to hear Mike Tyson call your son an all time great boxer? Absolutely. The feeling can't be described with any kind of words. I've always been a big, big, big fan of uh, Mike Tyson. I called me boy after him. 
you know, he's, he's probably up there with the best of them as well, Mike Tyson. All those guys, if they just mention my son as being up there with them, not better, being with them, that's uh-huh. good enough for me. I'm ecstatic. I'm on cloud nine. I've never felt as good in my life. I feel positive about everything. I was a little bit worried about my son's health because I don't like him taking too many shots around the brain area like he did. Yeah. And, you know, he took a lot of stick in that fight. He was walled up. He knew he'd been in a fight. He was sore the next day. And I looked at him and I said, I'm the thing to him when he phoned me. I said, this is the world of fisticuffs, Tyson. He said, I know that. This is what I signed on for. And when I climb in that ring, that'll be the best I possibly can be. I will never be denied. He said, Dad, no, don't ever doubt me. I said, son, I've never doubted you. You fought like a trooper to live, to get into the world, and you're fighting now. You know, you changed the world. And let me tell you something. Gypsy people don't put crowns on outhouses. He's not a king for nothing. Uh-huh. He's a king of every gypsy in the world, and they are a lot of people, and they respect people, and they're not ordinary people to get to be called the king of the gypsies. So yeah. Allah, can can you um can you elaborate a little? I mean, actually, as it happens, my my dad recently um, educated me on uh, my bloodline and how we have our, our travel our bloodline and um, yeah. what what it means to the people to to give him such a title and and sort of how he's revered by them. Let me tell you about gypsy people. You know, they're all for the self. You know, they're all they all look after their own ship, the one man armies. But listen, they all pay homage to a king like him. Mm-hmm. Because everyone with a drain and ounce of traveling blood in them know that they re- they they recognize greatness when they see it in him, mm-hmm. and they just admire him, and look up to him, and he just opened the floodgates for every uh-huh. traveler child gypsy wanting to be a boxer. Yeah. So now they're going to put more time into it, and I'm sure you'll see more champions come now through Tyson through the traveling community, like before they got married at 15, 16, whatever they're yeah. going to do, and set off, and they was making their own living. They had no time to box for free. They had to earn a living because there were child fathers herself. He was having kids when they were 17, 18. But mm-hmm. now that's different. That's different now through Tyson and Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, I think you know, um, obviously Tyson, he, he's become a, a champion of, of mental health as well and a lot of things and we'll get on to that. But um, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, the, the travellers were, aside from some of the TV shows that were made about them, which let's be honest, were... Often po- poking fun, <laughs> poking fun a little bit, a bit like you know some of the shows made about Geordies for Christ's sake. But yeah, well. um, he's—I feel like he's sort of um, redefined uh, the way people see uh, the traveller community. So uh, you know, um, I'm sure a lot of them are grateful for that. Uh, Deontay Wilder, on the other hand, uh, moving forward, where do you think he goes from here? Because it was a great performance, but. You know, he lost, and sometimes that people are never the same after a beating like what he received twice in a row now. That's a good point, because how much as it took out of Deontay Wilder, two good mm. beatings in a row, you know, I don't know what he's got left. He's 36 years old, I think this time, October time, he's 36, and uh, how much desire has he got left? Mm-hmm. Or how much has he had took out of him, and can it be replaced? Because you know something, I honestly don't think Wilder will ever be the same again. And I think once he settles down, and looks in the cold light today, might think, you know what? I've done all I can. I'm 36. I've made millions of dollars. I'm going to call it a draw. Yeah. You know, and, and forget about it. And he's loves up. But you never know. Boxers, it's like a drug. Too much a bigger drug than cocaine boxing <laughs> to a boxer. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. he can't give it up. It's like me. I train still today. I run every day. Hit the bags. You know, even though I'm not the shilling bit, but I still do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't help it. I love doing it. Yeah. You know, but- and that's the same with boxers. They can't leave it alone. 
Well, Malik Scott apparently has already said that he's talking about making a comeback. Um, where, where would you rank him in in terms of other fighters right now? Because obviously we've got Usyk and AJ, we've got D- uh, Dillian White and a few other heavyweights out there, Otto Wallen. Where, where do you put him roughly? A country mile, second best of all the others. You know, because he knocks all the mothers out goal. He knocks Usyk out, he knocks AJ out. And they haven't got the will and desire that Tyson has to overcome him. And yeah. if he's if he if he if if Deontay Wilder would have boxed any other heavyweight on the planet Saturday night, he'd have got the victory. Yeah. He'd have got the victory without even a shadow of that. Usek, Joshua's them all. You know, but Tyson, he come up again a special human being. Oh. <laughs> One that's got an incredible engine. He can do twelve rounds, not fit, you know, and uh, this man will not will not go away. He's on you all night long because he wants to win. He wants to win. He's got that undying belief in himself. And he says right to me from a boy, Dad, I am willing to die in that ring. I will die trying. He said, because I'd rather be dead than be beat in that ring. And that's, that's his motto. He said, does that scare you as his dad? Does that scare does. you? It does because I know, I know, and everybody else knows he'll go all the way with it. It's been proven. Mm. Like when he got up in the fourth round, he was all over the place. Yeah. He never had much left in him, but he, he dug and dug and found something else. And he bit down his gums and thought, right, I said I was going to die, but I tell you what, I'm going to die trying. And he just, he just, it's it's unbelievable. It's beggar's mm. belief what, what I was seeing from my own son. Oh, he's actually, he's actually practiced what he's been preaching to me all his life. And I'm so proud of him, you know. No, you should be, oh, you God. should be, mate. I mean, oh, we God. were all I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. talking about this. We, we were gobsmacked in the studio. Like, if any, it, I mean, you know, you're, you, he's your son, but I, yeah. I felt like emotional at the end of that fight. It's it's one of those roller coasters that we all went on, and you, you, you're staggered. Uh, and, and to be fair, Wilder did help. He 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 he, yeah. he fought at the bitter end. And when you look at the commitment both men showed to go out on their shield to give everything they had, especially, and I think it was even more amazing. Only weeks, uh, one or two weeks after Anthony Joshua's last fight, where he showed so little commitment and so little willing to go out on his shield and was very reserved, I think it it almost made the fight even more. It showed even more uh, how powerful it was. Well, you've only got to look at Joshua's body language after the fight. His behaviour on the stool. Mm. It's it's behaviour warriors don't behave like. Like, mm. if you look at Tyson, look at Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder dipped his head, much to say, I've given me all, I can't do anymore. And he was just all out. But he wasn't making any motions like, like he wasn't oh, he wasn't discomforting. Yeah. He wasn't, like, like trying to do anything but mm. soak it all in. Deontay Wilder fought his heart out. He had nothing left at all. You know, and I think he, he was teaching on being conscious when he was sat in his stool. That's how hard he fought. Mm. But you know, AJ... He didn't do anything wrong. You can only do what you can do in boxing. He just hasn't got the desire or the will, not a quarter of it, of these other two men, Wilder or my son. But yeah. listen, he's been a good champion, but does he ever beat these other two men? Definitely not. Because he's not a one-punch knockout artist like Wilder either. The, the word you used there, behaving, I think that's a great word. And I've heard uh, 
I've heard Teddy Atlas use this word before as well, where he talks about behaving like a fighter. And it, yeah. with, with AJ, obviously he's got so much natural ability as an athlete, yeah. but, but yeah. when you're seeing him get knocked down by Ruiz and mm. the referee looks at him and asks, do you want to continue? And his body language is all wrong. And then again, yeah. when Usyk is getting the better of him, the body language, and that's it for me as well. Is That's why I don't think he beats either of those two either. I think, no. I think he should beat Wilder. I think he's got a better rounded game than Wilder. But I just think that Wilder, like you say, he wants it so bad. And that, that right hand is a killer. The minute he stings AJ with a right hand like that, why wow, it was good night for AJ. Yeah. Because he, he hasn't got the resilience to cope with anything like that. And believe me, Usek is not the puncher Wilder is. And and Usek got a reaction. Usek got a big got a reaction. reaction. Yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, he's not a knockout ass. He's a respectable puncher, Usek. He's an airport yeah. puncher. Well, he's a cruiser, cruiser Wilder, weight, isn't he? Yeah. Wilder's a lights out man. Mm. He's a, he'll just switch your lights off completely. And AJ, they can't deal with it. Nobody else can. Him and Wilder, they're out there on roll. What were you thinking as you were watching the AJ Usyk fight? Because it felt like the fight just sort of passed AJ by while Usyk just wrapped up the rounds. Well, I'll tell you what I got. He was just trying to stay in the game. He felt Usyk's power early on with the left hand straight down the pipe in about the first or the second round. Thought, hang on. He made his mind up then. Yeah. I can't take this power. I've got to watch I don't get knocked out. He, he just settled. A second best, as long as he finished on his feet, he did, he did enough to keep him in the fight. Instead of trying to win, you've got to try and win. He was in Tottenham, three miles from his house. He was defending his country. He should have defended like Tyson defends it. Yeah. He didn't do that. He just wanted to get his money and run. But there's a difference. Tyson's a warrior. Mm-hmm. He's a fighting man. He's a businessman and a poster boy. Yeah. There's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? But for what he is, he's done very, very well. Anybody who can pick a world championship belt up, you know, and I mean, they had it given to him by this uh, other fella when he took it off, Charles Martin, mm-hmm. and they had to rob it off my son in the beginning to give him it, or he'd never been champion. <laughs> Only for my son beating Klitschko, why, Joshua would never, ever have had a belt. He's had to go, he'd had, he would have had to go and win it proper. And he weren't capable of beating any of those guys. He's proved it. I mean, proved it. when you talk about settling for second best... When when you when you're defending your title, you, I think you have to mentally fight as if like you're competing for the title and the belts are up for grabs. And he didn't he didn't have that eye of the tiger. He didn't go out there and go, you know what it is? I've lost nine rounds. I'm just going to go out and try and win. And if I lose and get knocked out, I lose. He didn't commit like that. And even at the end, when Usyk was all over him, you seen him sort of walk off and go as if I survived. And I thought to myself, that's. That's not the mentality I'm expecting from someone trying to win a world title. Definitely not. When you when when you're fighting for yourself, your own self and your country and mm. your fans, you've got to be a die-hard man, you know. And you you know, nobody wants to die in the ring, but that's the profession you've adopted. Mm. This is a this is what you're getting paid to do. You've got to make the best possible job of mm. it. And I would rather get knocked out trying than lose on points. Just to stay in the game, mm-hmm. and he had the he had the he, and I definitely thought at the beginning he's got too much for Usyk, which he should have had. The man was a blowed up cruiserweight. He only weighed about fifteen and a half stone a night. He mm-hmm. weighed at fifteen ten or something, fully dressed. He'd been fifteen yeah. stone. He had the brawn. He had the strength for three men, a bigger man all round, and a good good array of boxing skills. But did he use them? I'll tell you why he never used them. His heart and desire let him down. And they go together. Ability and desire to win go together. If one's missing, forget it. Because so, I know loads of lads with bags of ability, no art. 
and they know where. We're seeing against fighters like Klitschko and Dillian White, AJ pulled the trigger, but then after Ruiz, he just doesn't look the same. Do you think that is the reason, or do you think there's something else going on there? I think, in my own mindset, the Klitschko fight emptied his tank that much and terrified him. He's never got over it. Because I even know, I think Klitschko let him off the hook for three rounds. Yeah. Klitschko did nothing. He yeah. was out. He got him down in the fifth or sixth round. He'd done nothing for the next three rounds, Klitschko. They both but took three rounds off, didn't they? Took three rounds off, and I wonder yeah. why. Klitschko, you could say that because he's another three years older. He's 42 or something. Oh. AJ, he was just trying to recover from a big knockdown. But I think once he got knocked down proper like that and felt the power and how it feels to get nearly knocked out, and the feeling's a horrible thing. It's the most horriblest thing you can ever go through. I think he's a bit too much for his mindset. And he's never got over it. But he don't want it to happen again. It's like having a bad car crash, isn't it? If you had a bad car crash, you don't want to look forward to another one, do you? And that's, <laughs> that's how point. it is with him. Uh, how do you see the rematch going between AJ and Usyk? If he doesn't change his team around and make adjustments, Usyk will beat him again. Same, same thing, repeat. Yeah. But if he changes his team up, but how can you breathe heart and desire into a man who ain't got none? How can you do that? Well, I didn't the see the corner the screaming at him. You expect the corner uh, with with maybe three or four rounds to go, start to scream at him and give him the fireman speech. But it wasn't, it was just <laughs> all business I heard, as usual. All I heard was brilliant work, brilliant white. Round nine, he's lost every round. Get behind the jab. What? Yeah. You don't need that in your corner when you're trying to win titles. But I do think his team, Rob McCracken, knew that Usyk could knock him at any time and was frightened of getting him KO'd. Yeah. Rob McCracken and his team wanted to get him to hear the final belt. He wasn't bothered yeah. about winning because they knew Usyk could count him out and they didn't want that to happen. And they'd yeah. settled for a points loss and they were trying to keep him in the game. They are trying to keep him in the fight. There's the apparently the Eddie Hearn's pushing uh, Dillian White as the mandatory, uh, saying that he should be next for Tyson Fury. Um, who, who out of those, the three fighters do you expect Tyson to fight next? Let's put it this way: I don't think White's getting past Wallin. It's a tough one. I I, I think Otto Wallin he beats what he beats Dillian White. To yeah. be fair with you, tough fight. And, I, and to me, and to be honest with, you, I'm, I, if I was a gambling man. You got to pick Wallen because he's a southpaw, six foot five, seventeen and a half stone. The kid can box. He's got balls and he can hit. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? So White's got his own problems, but is White in Tyson's class? No, there's nobody in his class. Tyson, whoever he, whoever he decides to fight next, will be a run out for Tyson, and then he'll look at Usyk. Usyk's on his mind. He wants to unify the belts. Whatever he wants to do after that is his own business. But I know it'd be hard for Tyson to get. Motivated with men like Dillian White, Chisora, and all these, these, these five and six tier heavyweights. It's hard work for Tyson, though. If you want to see the best Tyson Fury, put Tyson in hot water and let him fight his way out of it. That's the only way you see Tyson Fury perform. It's such a shame that we didn't get the AJ fight when when we should have done. It's a real shame. Well, I was, well, I was doubt we was all definitely, definitely disappointed with that. But listen, the boxing fraternity. Or to be ashamed of themselves. How they let that one slip, I don't know. That's ridiculous. Well, the How idea of rematch clauses make, make, I mean, in no other sport in the world do you have 
you know, let's say football, two semi-finalists, and then you get a winner and, and a winner on the other side, and then they don't fight in the final. They go and rematch the other semi-final. The whole boxing structure is... It, the only people who think boxing like that makes sense are people who have been in boxing so long that they've forgotten what re- yeah. like normality is, in my opinion. Because every other sport be is different. Quite agree. Mm. Rematch clauses should be banned. Yeah. You know, that's why they have contenders, isn't it? Yeah. Because all the men's there working their way up to fight for a title. And with a rematch, with all these rematch clauses, it could be three years before Tyson fights you. Say, God, Joshua. Yeah. It's, it's and then they, they, then they pass the best, then, aren't they? Yeah. You and know, I'm, this is what I say. This is why I enjoyed Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, because both men fought at the best. Young men fought at the best, not mm-hmm. when there was five years past the sell by date. But but even even then, if if Fury hadn't have been in a vulnerable position coming into the first fight, would they even have given him that? You know, so that's yeah. how crooked boxing is, and it is so frustrating. Um, one guy who's calling out Tyson at the moment, which is very strange in my opinion, is David Hay. Um, Good Lord Almighty! Uh, uh, bizarre. Don't the- mention that idiot to me. That is a crackerjack. That he's not <laughs> a crack pipe, the mummy. <laughs> That's been on the crack pipe. Like. It wants to kick up the ass. It wants to kick up the ass, doesn't it? It's as fragile as a china pot. That it's he, just I'm so strange. You, the, only, the only thing big about him, you know what that is? What's that? His freaking ego. Yeah. Man's good for note. And to talk about my someone getting my listen, I'll have a reef made early for him if he wants to get him with Tyson. I'll have a reef made early with his name on it. Rest in peace, David A. You silly man. It, it, I mean, considering he suffered back-to-back defeats against Tony Bellew, um, it is very strange when Bellew flattened him. You know, Bellew's a, Be- Bellew, Bellew flattened him, and he was uh, Bellew's a big fat kid, so he goes on about people's conditioning. Uh-huh. Bellew's not got a body. Beautiful. Be- Bellew battered him from pillar to post. Yeah, I made him cry. Yeah, the man's got a, the man's got balls like man of fat peas. You can't see him. Uh-huh. He's got no heart, no balls, no notes. And I'll tell him to his face. And this is a big podcast, isn't it? David A, keep my son's name out of your mouth because you're going to end up in a grave, mate, with a big red rose reef on it. You stupid man. Yeah. Matter of fact, keep a, don't 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 talk about Furies no more because you ain't good enough to talk about a Fury because you haven't got art big enough to talk about one. You're a cowardly you're a cowardly mother. So stay in your own lane and do some work on your pundit things. You're useless at that as well. Well, the the strange thing is he had his chance to fight uh, Tyson. Obviously, cut his own eye. What kind of man cuts his own eye to get out of a fight? And uh, I mean, generally speaking, in regards to David Hayes' career, obviously he fought Klitschko, um, lost that, fought Bellew, obviously lost those. He was a cruiserweight champion. What did you think of David Hay back in back in the day? Uh, you know, what do you think of his career? Sorry, I'm not knocking his achievements. He won two cruiserweight titles. In all, he's always lacked art. He mm-hmm. could punch, and he had a good array of boxing skills, better than most. Mm-hmm. Not knocking that at all. But he's never been one. I remember him in the world in in the world uh, in the world's amateur boxing. Yeah, thing. He, was, he was fighting some kind of some other foreign kind of a fella, and he was he's calling us to say, "Get up and fight! Get up and fight! You can win this." And he had no heart then. Mm-hmm. He was gonna he was gonna down tools in the amateurs. They had to kick him up off the stool. And I think it was, it was he'll come to my mind, but I know all about it. He's never been at bags of art, David A. But punching power, yes. Ability, yes. But he was lacking art. And he was managed well. And he won the heavyweight title for Circus Act. But couldn't draw a straight punch. Valueth. 
a seven foot two circus act. That's yeah, all he that, Yeah, I, I do think his obviously his heavyweight career was exaggerated by the fans. Of course it was. Yeah. I'm a realist, mate. But I'm not knocking the man. He's got belts. But I tell you what, he's a fury hater, so I'm a David A hater. Well, that, that that's the thing. I must admit, he he does come across as a hater because obviously, of course he is. After the second fight, he backed down on everything he'd been saying about Tyson. You know, I was wrong. I got proven wrong. And then, you know, you had that big debate with him. And then coming into the third fight, he started saying things like, oh, I'm completely ignoring the second fight because Deontay Wilder wasn't, uh, you know, was hurt or what. He just came up with a load of excuses for him. And I thought, you know, you were saying that that was one of the best performances in heavyweight history six months ago. And now all of a sudden you're completely ignoring it and picking Deontay again. He backed down on a lot of what he said to you. Let me tell you, does that not sum him up, though? He don't know his ass from his elbow, does he? <laughs> he doesn't know. He's a good fighter, but he knows nothing about boxing. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah, he's, it's, a, he's, it's a good job he had Adam Booth in his corner because he knows nothing about boxing, David. He's yeah, like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, how could somebody get it that wrong? But I'll tell you how to get it that wrong. The heart rules the red. Mm. And every, every time Tyson fights, he give his right nut to get Tyson beat. Because he don't like Tyson, jealous of Tyson, always has been. Because he knows when he looks at Tyson, he shakes in his boots. Yeah. And he knows in his own mind, he looks in the mirror and says, I was frightened stiff of this guy. And still is. I, he admits I, I, to himself, I know what you mean. Every time he goes to bed with his wife, he sees Tyson Fury and <laughs> thinks to himself, you know what? I'm scared stiff of this man. <laughs> and it gets to him. That's why every time Tyson fights, he prays for him to get winning. And I'll tell you, when he got knocked down the fourth round, I bet David Ainley shot his bolt in his trousers. When Tyson got knocked down the fourth <laughs> round, I know what you mean. Like uh, David here does come across as jealous in regards to Tyson. Jealous as, a, jealous yeah. as he can be. You know what? A good for nothing jealous person never prospers in life. He's had his day. Yeah. He's had his day in the sun. Let's move on from David A now because at the end of the day, the man's not worth talking about. Let's talk about. I'll um, tell him to his face, by the way. I'm up and down BT Sport every, every week and every month. If he yeah. wants to try and pull me on it, he can pull me on it. And we'll have a fight there and then. Fisty cuff me and him. So, so you'd actually fight David Hay? Go every other week, wow. and I'm not hiding from no man. Yeah, I think I That's think he's because I, I, respect, I understand. Like though. he don't respect the Fury, I don't respect him. Enough said about him. Let's move on. Yeah, fair and play, mate. Um, speaking speaking of the Fury family, your other son is also yeah. boxing. Very big name now, Tommy. Yeah. Um, obviously, he had that experience on reality TV, and yeah. his star is growing by the day. Uh, he's got a yeah. famous girlfriend. You've got Jake Paul talking about him. Where, yeah. where do you see his boxing ability and his potential to to go in the sport of boxing? You know what? The kid, he's got plenty of boxing potential. He can punch, he can box, but he's inexperienced. Mm-hmm. You know, it showed last time out. Because when he last fought, I was more interested in how he handled the affair more so than the fight. I knew he was going to win the fight, yeah. but it's how we went about it. You know, the I pressure. just think we need... The pressure, we need to work on the pressure side more than anything else. He's a 22-year-old kid. He had 10 junior bouts. He's only had seven pro fights, but he's never been on the big stage. He's been flung forward to fight what's as big as world title fights, only seven bouts. Yeah. So we've got to work on his uh, on his uh, energy first, his mental state, walking to a fight and controlling his uh, emotions, really. But can he fight? Of course he can. But if he doesn't fight, he can't beat Jake Paul or retire him there and then. To the eye, um it, it looks like it'll be a close fight, in my opinion. No chance. If it's a close fight, Tommy's retired. If Tommy beats him and struggles to beat him, he's retired from boxing. Re- why do you say that? He's got. He's a YouTuber. 
He's got to be knocking Jake Paul out. Got to, got to box up and knock him out. He's a YouTuber. And I'm not wasting my time with people in the gym because I haven't got a lot of time left at 56-year-old. So right. I'm not going to train with somebody I've got no faith in. So I've told him, unless you knock him out, I'll forget me with a boxing. I'll walk away because he's a YouTuber. Yeah. I, I mean, I respect that. But obviously, the last guy who he, he, he struggled with yeah. was not even on the level of Jake Paul to be in, in reality. Oh, he because- was. Yeah, I know, I know me boxing. Him and Jake Paul, he'd be better moving than Jake Paul. I mean, he could avoid a punch better. And I tell you what, he didn't want to do. What's his name again? That for Anthony Taylor. Yeah. You get him on that don't want to get it and wants to survive and don't want to get knocked out. It's They're hard. Yeah. He messed Tommy about. He didn't come to fight. Yeah. Jake Paul will come to fight. Agreed. And when he does come, he'll knock him out. The other one never come to fight. He wanted to survive. He wanted to make a circus act of it. I don't blame him because that's what he had. Jake Paul's no better than him. I think the other kid would avoid a shot better than Jake Paul and could move better than Jake Paul in and out. Well, yeah, he was a wrestler, so obviously... He had a good footwork. He, yeah, he knew more about the fisticuffs than Jake Paul. And Jake Paul's going to find out what it is. Because again, they're looking at what Tommy's done with Anthony Taylor. That's why he's fighting Jake Paul in the beginning. Yeah. You know, that's why I took him, because he thinks yeah. I could do him. Be- let me because tell they think they've seen enough to, to give them yeah, confidence. they've seen yeah. enough. But let me tell you something. Fury's blocked and cold. Tyson's had many of them lackluster performance and then come back and done what he's done. Look at the fight with Otto Walling, comes back and then does Wilder. Yeah. When he fought Otto Walling, would you say he's going to do that to Wilder? No. But he can bounce back. But listen, talk's cheap, money buys houses. There'll never be another Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's a unicorn. Uh-huh. He's done. It's his brother, yes. He's got other brothers. Are they going to show that kind of commitment and will to desire? God only knows. But I feel in myself, Tyson's out on his own. But Tommy, yeah, and I see Tommy spattering Jake Paul all over the ring within four or five rounds. And if he doesn't, it's over for him. He knows that. No pressure, Tommy, lad. But let me <laughs> tell you, it will be called Tommy Fumbles as well. <laughs> well, this is, the, this is the interesting thing you mentioned about pressure because obviously... Tommy is growing up in a world full of pressures, full of, you know, yeah. difficult things. And and I think with Tyson, there was a lot more time to ease into the celebrity. Uh, social exactly. media was nowhere near as big as what it exactly. is now. And I think yeah. Tommy is is kind of being catapulted into this, which can't be easy yeah. for the lad. Um but but Jake Paul seems to want to make it even worse, and uh, by 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 Jake putting these big bets on and saying five hundred grand and 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 you or you change your name and all of this sort of stuff, you know, if pressure is something Tommy is maybe not comfortable with, Jake Paul is going to do everything he can to ramp that up. Um, no, because now we know what we've got to do with Tommy. It's mm. mine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Jake Paul. It's not no. He's beat better men than Jake Paul already. Mm-hmm. He's already beat better than Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. It's not Jake Paul's thing. It's occasions. You know, it's a massive occasion for Tommy. Yeah. You know, he's got his girlfriend. He's got a lot to live up to. He's got Tyson. He's got the Fury name. But we're going to work on that. We could that can, that can be adjusted. We can make adjustments. Jake uh-huh. Paul can't. Jake Paul's a YouTuber. Good luck to the kid. He's a businessman. He's doing a great job. Keep doing it. Uh-huh. And this fight will be bigger than probably a lot of world title fights. But can Tommy win in, in Tyson style? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. It, w- it will be a massive fight, and that and that's the thing is, um, you know, if you were to compare the Fury, uh, John, uh, sorry, Tyson and Tommy's career, obviously, the, the, they're not the same people. They're, they're never going to be. Obviously, yeah. they're completely different people. Yeah. But 
it's amazing how quickly Tommy is arriving on the scene in, in a huge money fight. I mean, he's going to make millions off of this, and and it wouldn't yeah. just be the fight. It'll be after the fight. You'll be, yeah. you know, they're going to make huge money together. Um, beyond Jake Paul, where does he go from there, in your opinion? Well, if he gets Jake Paul out the way, we'd like to go for his brother, Logan Paul. Once he smashes, when he smashes Jake Paul, we'll take on his brother, Logan, and smash him at all, if he fancied it. But let me tell you, when they see what Tommy does to Jake Paul, they're not going to want. They're not going to want it. Looking back at your, uh, I, I would like to talk about uh, your life as well, and 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 you know, not all boxing talk, but um, you know, starting with with we've been talking about Tyson and Tommy. What were they like as as kids, young young lads? <laughs> well, Tyson was the softest child in the world. You know, he got yeah. bullied at school. All he wanted was an hamburger, a McDonald's, and to play uh, with his toys. <laughs> you know. And he yeah. used to play with a piece of rusty iron and a makeshift hammer <laughs> and an house brick. That was what he proposed. That was a piece of aerial toys, an house brick, a rusty hammer, and a rusty piece of iron that's what he had to play with. Oh, that's the, the different aren't they? But it, it, there was a far cry from boxing. I never oh. thought it was going to be boxers. Really? No. Because Tommy used to play rugby. He used oh. to be on the rugby team, local rugby team as a junior. Well, he's built, he's built for it, isn't he, Tommy? Yeah, he, he was. He's, he's a very yeah. muscular lad. Yeah, he was a good rugby player, yeah. Tommy was. He played for Salford Ridge Juniors. And um, he, he did that for about five years. But then he uh, he wanted to be a fighter. When he got to about 14 or 15, he wanted to be a fighter. Because he was looking at Tyson, he was looking at his other brothers. Mm -hmm. My other son, young King Fury. My son, Newey. He, he, was, he had eight fights as heavyweight and he was training all the time. And I think they got all enthralled in all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's in them to do it. What's in, them, what's in you will come out of you. And the fight's in them. Remind fight's me, um, you, you, I think you've got a son who has long curly hair, right? Jane, yeah. He he makes me laugh so much. I love this guy. He is one of my favourite interviews to watch. He talks so much sense. I oh, feel yeah. like he should be on the TV uh, doing boxing punditry. He's great. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, but you were a, you were a bare knuckle boxer, obviously, at the start. Um, yeah. which is sort of where this was all born from, I guess. The what we're witnessing now is is kind of the journey really started when yeah. you were you were doing that, I guess. Um, mm. Can you tell me what those days were like when you were bearing up a boxing? Horrible, because when you were doing that, it was just it was a case of everybody was your enemy. There was a there there was a opponent on every street corner. When I was younger, I couldn't walk down the road without bumping into somebody who didn't want to fight me. You know, was fighting in the in the early eighties on the football terraces with football hooligans coming out of the football, fighting every day. We fought Friday, Saturday night, every night of it. Every Friday and Saturday night we had fights throughout my life. You know, why, we used to why argue did, with why did you keep we used going to argue out with then? those other travellers and that was it. <laughs> Cause uh, would you not have just decided to stop in? No. No. <laughs> Loved it. Look forward to it. If I never had a punch up on the night out, I'd had a bad night. I never won them all. I got kicked to pieces half the time. But I just loved it. Didn't care about getting battered at all. So were you involved in like organised fights where people would bet on it and that sort of stuff? Not really, no. It was just more like people. It was a pride thing and an honour thing. Yeah. And we used to say, oh, you know, something, some people would say something about my people. I'd say something about theirs. And I would just say, let's just take this outside right, and get okay. on with it. Um, I looked at your pro boxing record. Obviously, you moved yeah. into that. And I was impressed. Like, Obviously, you had a really good run at it. Um, what was it like making a transition into professional boxing after you've just been scrapping in uh, you know, the clubs and whatnot? Well, the thing is, I, I never had one amateur fight. I never boxed amateur at all. Oh, really? And I was 22 before I started. 
and I was meant to be a journeyman. I was never, I was never meant to win anything because uh -huh. I was always in the away corner. I was always fighting the prospects, the ex-ABA champions, the champions, John Fury's in the other corner. But mm. I still managed to win nine out of the rest because I fought for the air title. I won that and I got robbed. The only mm. ones I did lose, I think, uh, uh, was the last two. Yeah, so the, I beat, beat Malpas for the area title after, and I, I, that was my first fight in two years. I used to box every 18 months yeah. and used to give me 200 quid. So I couldn't give up my day job. You know, but I, when I fought Mal, he had 45 contests. He knocked out Joe Womi, the golden boy. He was a gold Olympic gold medalist. Mm -hmm. He knocked him out in two rounds and I fought him in my fifth fight, 10, 10 three-minute rounds in, in 10 fights. 10 threes with five fights behind me. I've never been gone past six twos before. But I'm fighting there 10 threes in my fifth fight. In my fifth <laughs> fight, but I was never meant to win anything, but I did. Yeah. I beat some good men. You were very game, is the way I would game describe it. Game was a pebble. You. Yeah, game was a pebble on the front foot all the way. I could say that. Even, even, even the fights I lost. Even Akawandi, I hadn't fought for two years. Yeah, I got that. I got four days' notice. I was on the front foot taking it to him. The last fight, I hadn't boxed for five years. Come out of the hospital with food poison, a dodgy Chinese. I was skint and needed a grand. So I got in with him after five years, front foot, but my body just collapsed. In yeah. the fourth round through exhaustion. Yeah. But I was look at the fight, front foot all the way, oh, taking murderous that. right hands. The gameness is there. You know, but if you get colded, you get colded. I've always been game. But that what I took from the, the footage, the limited footage obviously that I've seen was the desire to win. Yeah. You know, you what you you had the same desire Tyson yeah. has actually. Yeah. And obviously the you didn't Tyson, have the amateur learnings, but you you, you had it Tyson, there. Tyson a training camp. I was doing that after a day job. Mm -hmm. I was working all day and doing that. I'd get up in the morning, put a shift in, finish at five o'clock, go back and have my tea, eggs and bacon and fried bread and go and do that. And like, what did I get? 300 quid. It's, and it's, I beat the Italian heavyweight champion. About four days' notice yeah. to fight the Italian heavyweight champion and I beat him over 10 rounds. And the, and the mad thing is, is that even these days, like some fighters I know who are, yeah. you know, I'm talking like podium level fighters, yeah. and yet they're getting offered peanuts. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's it's a tough it's a tough game. Um, well, I had thirteen. I had thirteen pro fights. I never made three round out of all of them. Yeah, I never made three round out of a lot, and it took me eight years to get them thirteen fights. Yeah, you know, because when I started winning a few, my phone stopped ringing. My phone because they only want to employ losers, and I said, I don't do losing. You book John for you, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going yeah. to try and win. But I just never had the physicality because they was athletes and I wasn't. Because they was living in the gym. They was gym rats. And I was coming off a building site. You fought bigger guys as well. I could see they were massive, these guys who you were oh, in yeah. there with. And did all, all of 45 fights. I, I, was with, I, I fought the best fighters of Britain and Europe and some world-class men. Yeah. And I didn't have a training camp. I had no dietitian, no strength and conditioning. I used to take the bag in the back of the house. I'm doing two mile running. Yeah. No, my diet was all over the place. I was always as fat as a pig. No time to run because I had to put food to the table. But that's it. I wasn't worth a carrot, but I'd done me all. But what you can see in me, again, was heart and bollocks. Mm -hmm. If I got knocked Absolutely. out, I got knocked out. They said to me, avoid the right hand. I said, I'm too tired to avoid the right hand. If he gets me, he gets me. <laughs> no, I could, I could I see. Yeah, you 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 just scrapped and uh, and I can yeah. definitely see that was the attitude. Well, that, that last fight you seen there, that was after five years layoff. I could see. Yeah, I, I read up on your boxing record, and I was I was wondering what happened in that time that made you not box for so long. I'll tell you the truth. I went partying. Really? I went partying in Spain, all over the world, but I enjoyed oh. every minute of it. But I skinned myself. The missus left me. Kids left me. I was just a party boy. 
I thought, bugger it, I'm getting 250 quid. I've got a day job. I'm going to enjoy some kind of life. And I used to go on bad benders. I was going to bender for a month or two solid. What's that what dragged into me for a year? What's a you know what a what a, a prime John Fury uh, session like? What 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 kind of party? You know, we're talking here, John. How how deep was it? How deep was it? Three or four brasses every night, two or three <laughs> bottles of whiskey. There's any drugs going to have them and all. <laughs> Anything goes. You're a fucking yeah. legend, John. You're a legend, yeah, honestly. Three or four, I woke up one morning, looked in the mirror, three brasses in the bed, and I thought, you know what? I was full of ching. I thought, you know what? Let's get home to the kids. I've had enough of this shite. Yeah. That was it. That's what I used to do. Go home. The missus had batted me with a rolling pin for about 10 minutes, and I think, you know what? Get on with it. I deserve it. Back to work Monday morning. But then I used to go walk about again. That was John Fury, you know, but I always loved and cherished my kids. Never really... Wasn't really interested in wives and out like that or missuses because they come and go, don't they? And you know, your kids stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I did, while, while I've been a good father to them, right? Even when I was partying, I've done what I did. I made sure they was all right. And I said, listen, son, do what you be a man, take after your dad. Never let a woman get you under the thumb. Live your life. Yeah. A long time dead. Get them Guinnesses in. <laughs> <laughs> did, and- I had a whale of a time, kid. Yeah? Oh, no. Oh, so- thing. So you uh, you travelled a lot. Uh, you said Spain. What was what was Spain like? All over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I look up and say, right, I'm going for the newspaper, and uh, I'd come back three weeks later. You'd find me on the Costa del Sol, Perengirola, Porto Manus, Dreamers Nightclub. I was in. I set up for the newspaper on a Sunday morning, and I'd been Dreamers <laughs> Nightclub twelve o'clock that night in Porto Manus, while <laughs> party the night away with them lovely dolly birds. So um, so we're not going to see uh, John Fury getting told what to do by his woman anytime soon, no? Never in a million years, never. Like my son said, there's not a, not a man born his what can beat Tyson Fury. There's not a woman in the world can tell John Fury what to do. And what I do, take him to bed. Give him a good Roger in. Keep him quiet then. As long as you're saving him up plenty, he'll keep quiet. You're, you're old school, John. You're old school. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that's... A, um... They call me the Victorian father. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like because uh, you know a, a lot of men uh, in this generation we're, we're living in a very uh, sensitive world shall we say uh, oh, do, you, do you ever struggle with the fact that you know you, you really belong in a, a different era maybe yeah well that's why I got no friends because look at these other men they've got to ask the missus can I have a pint of beer you know, <laughs> and I've never done that in my life so I don't want him as a mate do I he can't handle his wife there's no point drinking with John Fury is he <laughs> You know, because John Fury up taking his teeth out later on with three or four Guinnesses. Wallop, take that. Yeah. I can't do a petty, I can't do a pussy whips. Can't yeah. do it. And every I, woman, I'll tell you this much, give some advice. When a woman knows they can have you, they don't want you. And they love people like me deep down inside. They thrill them. They get wet knickers over it the way I treat them. <laughs> Stand on me, it's the truth. No, be, be, I mean, I, look, you've got a backbone at the end of the day, mate. That's, Absolutely. that's, 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 that's clear That's why my day. son's a beast of a man. That's yeah. why Tyson's a beast and a champion he is. Because uh, the way I am. Have have women tried to sort of uh, get you under the thumb a bit and try to put you in your place a bit? Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's all, uh, always ended in tears. A lot of men out there are getting told what to do by women these days. It's it's becoming quite normal. Well, that's up to them, isn't it? Yeah. You know, if if my missus try to tell me what for what to do from day to day, I just look at her straight and say, you know what, this ain't working. Yeah. 
I've got to get away from you because it's not going to work and I don't want to be violent with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to upset you in any way. You're going to have a bad lifestyle because mm -hmm. I'm a man. And that you know something, leave a woman, do what you want to do. Let them go shopping, let them cook mm -hmm. the food, let them talk to the mothers, let them talk to the friends. I'm not interested in what a woman does. As long as my food's on the table and there's a bit of, but you know what for me. Yeah. That's all that matters to me. They can do as they want. You're quite a I'm straightforward nice man. Yeah, proper. I tell them exactly where it's at. Don't Fair spoil point. them. Keep them well shod and well. Is there, Barefoot and nymphal, they'll never leave you, will they? Is, is, there a, uh, is there a kind of woman you look for, generally? No. 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 My, my, mom was the ultimate, my mother was the ultimate woman. She'll yeah. never be equal. And the rest of them don't come close, and that's why I'm like I am today. <laughs> I, I know the feeling, John. I, I, I'm, I'm in that regard. I'm very. I'm of a similar opinion. Uh, it is. It's impossible to beat your mother, isn't it? Oh, um, my mother's a woman and a half. There you a go. A woman and a half, and that's that's how she bred sons like she bred me, and she got grandkids like she. My mother was a proper woman. Mm -hmm. mate. She looked after us, worked, and done everything right, and it was it, it was repeat for forty years. Breakfast, dinner, tea, work, wash, cleaning up. Every, everything a woman does and more, she did it without complaint mm. and never asked for nothing, as we call a woman. And now, beans on toast is hard work from today, isn't it? <laughs> if a man cooks a big, big Sunday dinner and a big slap-up meal, beans on toast is hard, uh, is a big ordeal for him. What, uh, why do you think things have changed so much, though? Because it's clear that the world is changing. And, and, because they've been spoiled. And I'll tell you what, the men, if you can call them that, has allowed it to happen. That's why they're like they are today. What they do, John Fury don't do. I love women. I love looking at them. I love talking to them. They're a lovely, glorious creature. Uh -huh. Man can't do without one, including Absolutely. myself. You know, we put I put them on, I put them on pedestals. You know, you know, I, there's no great. If God made anything better than woman, he kept it to himself. I like them all, fat and thin, as long and short as I'm going all day along. I love them all. But <laughs> should they know the place in John Fury's life? They should do. But listen, I'm like my mat. I'm like my mat. Yeah, I love me or hate me. I can't mm. have the way I've brought up. You know, but I mean no offence and no harm to all those guys who's got to ask, can they go to the pub and be told what to do? Can I go and see me pals? I feel sorry for you, chaps, but there's nothing you can do because you've allowed it to happen. John how, Fury, how do you... Just, just we'll move on from this in a second, but I do appreciate the the raw honesty. You know, yeah. if you are in a situation like that, because I'm sure there'll be men out there watching this. Let's be honest, who are in that situation? Yeah. How do they take um, back their sort of manliness? Good question. What a good point that. I can answer it with an even better answer. Grow some nuts. <laughs> Grow some nuts and be a bit sterner with them and say, "Listen, you, Dolly." This is how I want it. It's how I want to live my life. And if you can't provide me with the needs I need, I'll move on. And if you can't have that, move on. And try and live with somebody you can find that with. But they're all gone then, women, by the way. Yeah. In a new era, they're hard to find. They're like hen's teeth. A woman like I'm after, they don't exist anymore. I hear like that, rock. brother. I hear that. Uh <laughs> rocking horse crap, a good woman. A good woman now is rocking horse crap. You can't find it. <laughs> Never will. <laughs> You're one in a million, John. Oh, God. Um, I, I was thinking about your, your sort of day-to-day -day life there when you were talking about what you like to do. Yeah. I was wondering what, what uh, an average um, day or week or whatever is like for you. What, what kind of things do you get up to? What hobbies and what's your diet like? What, what, what's your general life like? I do a lot of exercise now I'm older. I run oh. every day. You know, I do a bit of bag work in my own property. You know, uh, 
I don't want to diet too much because I love food. You know, I do a lot of off-grid living now. You know, I'm I'm in I'm off-grid today. Was right. I've come out of my caravan now, miles from anywhere in a field to talk to you because that's the way I like. I like solace, and I know the world has escaped me, and it's not how I want it to be. So I, I choose to live like this now. You know, but I, I eat all my own food, cook it on an open fire. I'll eat anything, snails, frogs, whatever I can get. The odd pigeon or two, it'll be in my pan if it's there. Really? You know? Yeah. Do, do you do a bit of hunting and stuff, yeah? Yeah, I do, yeah. I've got, I'm a good shot with a catapult, yeah. Really? You know, I'm a good shot with a catapult, yes. Yeah, another DNA thing. And I can get what I need off the land, you know. I eat, I eat raw berries off the edge and all that kind of thing. Yeah, there's plenty of, there's plenty of nutrition about on edges grown this time of year now. You know, the red berries, what you get, they're good for your heart, cholesterol, blood pressure, everything. All them things are out there, natural remedies. We just got to find them. You know, I, do, I, eat, I drink a lot of sting and nettle tea as well. You know, if you like taste, you're in trouble. But John Fury don't do taste, I do nutrition. If it tastes yeah. as good, it's bad for you. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's often the truth. Do you, yeah. uh, you know, obviously you used to be a party lad. Uh, what about uh, drinking and that these days? Do you drink much? No. No, I'll give it all up. Yeah. I give it all up because I've I seen myself going down the wrong road and I got that prison. When I come out of prison, I give it all up, you know what I'm saying? Because right. the drink led me to prison. The way I lived my life then led me to the jail sentence I've done. Mm. So I give it up as a bad job. John Fury knows when to leave things alone. And if you don't leave it alone when you've gone through I've gone through, there's something wrong with you in the head. You know, I just wanted a quiet life now. So, so obviously oh. that, that wildlife led you to prison. Can you tell yeah. me a bit about sort of how that came about and what was it like being locked up? Yeah, listen, I'm one of them again. When in Rome, do as Romans do. And when I got locked up, I knew I couldn't get out, so I thought I forgot about the outside world. Uh-huh. And I thought, right, bring it on. They'll never break me because they put me in there to break me. They won't break John Fury. I said, you give me 25 years, won't break John Fury. Never, you know. Uh-huh. And I got on with it. I did my gym, enrolled on courses. I made use of my time. I wasn't just going to waste it. Sat on my bed feeling sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. I thought, I'm in here now. I'm going to get in shape, educate myself, and put my best foot forward. Mm-hmm. And I had the undying desire to get out better than I went in. And I did. I come out sensibler, wiser, and everything due to listening to experienced professional people, you know, non-travelers. You know, and I learned a lot. I learned how to integrate with people, how to talk to people, respect people. I've always been respectful. My father always said, Treat people as you like to be treated yourself. Give respect, you'll get it back. That's how I built my life. That's what I did in jail. I give prisoners respect who respected me. Inmates, staff, governors. They're all, all great with John Fury. Did you, did you have any fights well. in prison? No, they didn't come near me because they thought, hang on a minute. They thought they looked at me as some kind of uh, killer or something. You know, they kept thinking, hang on, he might pull my eye out. I'm <coughs> saying. That's what they think. I want to keep me two eyes and all that business. You know. All oh, right. So, so the story Terrible. got round of how you ended up in prison after. Yeah. For those yeah. who don't know, um, I, you you took a guy's eye out in a, a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, you know, you mentioned your dad. Um, yeah. What was he like out of interest? Quiet. He never around his life. You know. You know, my father hated confrontation. He was terrified of confrontation, and I watched it all my life. And I thought to myself, you know what? People used to put my dad down. They used to, like, bully him a little bit. And I thought, as soon as I can get a bit of man's strength and a bit, a bit of able going, I'm going to stand up for myself, and I'm going to put our family on the map. Wow. We're going to be no more taking shit of people. 
because when I get strong enough, I'm going to make a point with all these lots. And that's what I did. And it made from being a kid to make a point. Oh, my father suffered. I was going to unsuffer him in the, in the, in the years to come, and I did. I did so was, so, so when you did, you did get that strength, that was part of the, yeah. the thing that had sort of triggered you of being disrespected, being talked down to as your dad yes. was. You weren't my going dad to never it. talked down to nobody ever. He never disrespected anybody. He respected everybody. He was nice to everybody. But you know, it's nice to be nice, but you can be too nice. That's life. Mm. Always remember that. It's nice to be civil, but you've got to know when to turn the switch and turn to somebody else. So so in that case, you know, obviously, the fight that, that obviously led you to prison, what, le- what led to that fight happening? Drink. Drink, mm. again. You know, that's what it does. Because when drinks in, wits out. You know, when when people's drunk, you see the real person, don't you? Yeah. When people's drunk, the real person appears. And that person appeared and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? This is only going to end one way. Bad. And it did. Bad. But yeah, so, I've done my time. You know, he's you... lost and I have lost. I've lost. I've lost a lot as well. I can't travel. I'm never going to see me some box again. I've had a nightmare for a decade. I was, I'd done five years in prison, out the door, five years on probation, couldn't breathe or move, and I still can't. If I, if I shout too, if I fart too loud, I'm back in jail. That's the uh, way it is. You're just waiting there like vultures to take John Fury's life. So, so I've got to take a bit of shit myself. That's why I'm on my own. You're I avoid so- people now like the plague. You're you're someone who's learned a lot, obviously, from from the wrong things that you've done. Yes. Um, when you watch Tyson going down a very similar road, because you'd been there, it must have tore you up a lot inside. What was what was it like having to watch someone sort of self destruct when they'd been so high? It was absolutely a nightmare. Probably the worst thing I'd ever been through. I'd been through a lot myself. I've been through the jail. I've been through death. I've done the dying, the suffering, and the pain. I've done all that early on in my life. It's been a, the story of my life. Mm-hmm. But to see Tyson like he was, that nearly broke John Fury. Because if anything happened to that boy, I'd have killed myself. If he would have got anything would have happened to him, I'd have done myself in. Couldn't live without him. Or any other member of my family. If anything happened to my kids, mate, any one of them, I'd be stringing from a tree 10 minutes later. Because I wouldn't want to live without them. That's such a powerful thing to say mate like you, you know and a, lot, a lot of people look at you as a tough guy but obviously you love them so much that it would be just too much for you to handle oh yeah for sure i, I nearly died my dad died really no but there you go was you that what sort of that. sent you spiraling well, it, originally well, it, did, but it did but i had to accept that because he's an old man and he was very ill you know and right. he, he did have 66 years in life you know but these are my children you know, and I think no father should die. No no child should die before his father. You know, and I don't think I could handle that. I'm honest about it. You know, what, what would it be for me, life without my kids? Because I haven't got nothing else in my life. I'm not interested in money. I'm not interested in the fame or glitz or plastic friends or nothing. I'm interested in my sons and their well-being and what they can do, you know. And people say to me, you live like you haven't got five pounds. I said, but I'm rich in other things. Mm-hmm. My son... Is the best heavyweight fighter on the planet. He's the best to ever come out of the UK. You know, all my sons are doing well. They all love each other. Mm-hmm. They've all got one another's backs. So that makes me a trillionaire. And if I can sit back in my shepherd's hut, in my off-grid living area, and observe all my sons doing that, I'm a trillionaire. Money can't buy that. Money comes and goes. I've had money. I've never had any money. 
There's not much difference in it in my book. Still, I'm still fed. The wild birds still get fed, don't they? Mm -hmm. They've got no jobs. They've got no careers. They've got nothing, but they still eat. And I've always ate. I've always ate food. And that's good enough for me. And I've always had somewhere to sleep. It so feels like it feels like um, you'd probably be happier being the dad of a, ch a champion than being champion yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Number one, probably was never good enough to be a champion. You know, it says like this, you're either 10 times better than your father or not as good. You know, and Brendan Ingle said to me years ago, you, John, are the most underachieved fighter I've ever seen in my wow. life. He said, I could have made you a champion. He said, but there's no sponsors, can't sell gypsies. Nobody wants to back a gypsy. There's no sponsors, can't sell you. People buy tickets to watch the gypsy get beat up. And that's where you lie in boxing. Well, I said, okay, thank you. I've had 13 fights, good day. Saluted them and walked off into the sunset. And right. I just I just thought about it then as total abuse. I thought I'd been abused in the boxing world for 13 years. But did I learn somewhat from it? Yes, I did. As it brought us where we are today, yes, it has. As it gave me a wealth of boxing, a knowledge of boxing, yes, it has. So, yeah, all went down well. You, you know, when you were, um, I, I think you moved in with Tyson when he was on his road to coming back. What what yeah. was it like living with someone going through all of that every day and trying to pick them up? A horror story. Because I, I was frightened to let him out of sight. Mm -hmm. If he went to the shop on his own or he went to the toilet, I was thinking he was going to kill himself. So it drove me mad. I nearly cracked up myself. I thought, no, don't do that. You can't lose your head here. You've got to be the rock here. Mm. you've got to be the father you've always thought you was and get him through this you know but I tell you I couldn't have done it on my own without the rest of me my sons and all that you know his mother they all chipped in to help him out mate, or, he, or he wouldn't have been here you know you know I just thought he's got to be up 24 hour watch and that's how we're on for two years it feels like um, now you're getting all the rewards for putting that work in mate it looks like that now. I thank God every day for it. You know, I just thank God because all I wanted to be back then was a father to his children, you know, and a husband and just mm. normal and be alive. Mm. We've come from, we've, we've made the transition now to somewhere else. Mm. And to me, this is it. We've landed somewhere on cloud nine. But uh, do we deserve it? Do we deserve it? Does Tyson deserve it for what we've been through? Yes, we do. Well, I think I think where you've landed is, is, um, is the word greatness uh, for Tyson Fury. Tyson, um, yes. Yeah, he's... He's he's now to me cemented his legacy as the 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 best fighter of a generation. You know, um, mm. it's unbelievable what he's done, and I feel like with his heart, his will, his determination, and his skill set, that basically, I don't think there's anyone who can overcome him now uh, because he's no. he's so well rounded. It reminds me back when you'd watch Mayweather and you'd think no one can beat this guy because he's got every style. He's got everything he needs. But I don't know what more Tyson can do. He's won every professional title he has to win. Mm. You know, he's un unbeaten. You know, where does he go? But then again, there's challenges and new challenges coming through every day. These young heavyweights are cropping up everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. And, and there is some good talent out there, but are, are they any good to Tyson at the moment? No. Because Tyson's on a roll. He's in the prime of his life. He's still only just turned 33. Mm -hmm. And the world's his oyster. And he's rolling. He's on fire. The, the amazing thing as well is, obviously, there was a period where the media went after him. And and now to look at where he is as, as a mental health advocate, 
and and someone who you know what is what's been your experience with mental health because i feel like you're an old-fashioned guy probably didn't think too much about that back in the day how did how did that journey go for you i was born with a mental health problem i've had it all my life but my father's one of them he said look if you know you've got a problem there's no cure for it don't worry about it that's what my dad used to say mm-hmm. if you know you have a problem but there's no cure for it don't worry about it do your day-to-day chores and if you don't You'll never have a family. You'll never have a woman. You'll never have nothing of your own because everybody will think you're inept and incapable of looking after a family. Mm-hmm. So the mental health thing got pushed in the cupboard. But did we have it? Of course we had it. So, so your dad knew that you were different, so to speak. Yeah, he was different. My father was medicated all his life for mental health. Really? He was on strong medication. My father, it's a registry. Mm. Yeah. I, I'm and only I'm interested because like my, my All my brothers are like it. Yeah. We're all like it. Yeah. My two brothers my two brothers what died. They were they were mental health sufferers. Yeah. You know, all of us are the same. You know, so, just but I handle it better because I'm used to being like it. It it must be something special then to see Tyson become basically one of the biggest, if not the biggest actually, mental health advocate in the world. It thrills me. It's a thrill. Because you know, since I've took my time in life and slowed down a lot. I've noticed the suffering in the world with its mental health, especially in young people, 40 and under, mm. you know, and if we can help in any way, shape or form, even me, we're helping. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it needs to be brought to the front of the queue and addressed properly. Never mind coronavirus. This is a pandemic on its own. This Absolutely. mental health issues yeah. for people. And if I can help anybody, I will. And Tyson, well, you know, it brings tears to his eyes when people say you've saved me life. Mm-hmm. I can see him fill up and I fill up. I get tears in my eyes, and it's hard to swallow when people say to me, you've saved my life. I've been doing this tour, this UK tour, yeah. and the amount of mental health sufferers I've helped and seen and spoke to is unreal. But sometimes I keep getting choked up because I'm a very emotional person. Mm. And when somebody says, John, you've saved my life, I feel like going in the toilet crying for half an hour. Yeah. Tears of joy. Yeah. Well, um, especially in men, because and that's not to say women don't matter, but men apparently are three or four times more likely to commit suicide than women, especially at a younger age. And, uh, you know, seeing a six foot nine, 20 stone man who's heavyweight champion of the world open up about his issues, it can only be a tremendous thing for, for, for men everywhere to say, if the heavyweight champion say it's not all right and he's not all right, then anyone can. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, the the world looks at Tyson now in another light. Yeah. You don't just look at him as Tyson, the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. You look at him for strength. You look at him as a pillar for mental health sufferers. Mm-hmm. Somebody to look at, click on the internet, watch his videos and this, that and the other, and they're having a better day Yeah, from that moment on. And it, that's I priceless. Mean, the, when he gets back up twice in that fourth round, that's, it, it only adds to, to the legend. That's almost a better fight for the story of Tyson than if he just went and blasted him in a round, you know, it, it just, it adds to the legend for sure. Um, Let me tell you, that's why Tyson gets up. That's why he gets up for all those people who's looking at him and depending on him. Cause I tell you what he's going through is everybody's on the canvas. People are watching me. People need me to get up and show different things to happen. If I want to save lives from here on, I've got to get up and I've got to win. That's Tyson's mindset. I like That's that. That's what keeps it going. Well, I've only got one final question, John. Go on. How would you like to be remembered? I'd, re- I'd like to be remembered as a straight-talking fella 
and a good father. That'll do me. I think I think you've I think you've got that, mate. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, thank you. We we do a live show uh, whenever the fights are on, and uh, at some point, I'd love to get you on the live show to Listen, get your you know, your opinion on what's happening in the fights. It'd yeah. be fantastic. Let me just say one thing. I apologise to everybody out there. Might have, might what well, I might have offended the way I am. I can't help the way I am. But my heart's in the right place. I hope anybody. I'll give to anybody. If people knock on John Fury's door, they need help. John Fury will help them. But I apologise for my behaviour and how I am. That's just me. You know, if you like to hear John Fury, like him. If you don't, we'll switch off the channel. So I can't help it. <laughs> but thanks for having me on the show anyway. Big big thanks, John. You take care and I'll see you soon, mate. Cheers. Great stuff, mate. God bless thanks you. A lot. And that was John Fury on the Pain Game podcast. There's just nobody quite like him. Is the Don't forget, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on the True Jordy YouTube channel and the notification bell on or whatever the fuck you've got to do these days and hit that like button. Thanks to everyone supporting this podcast. It's on Apple and Spotify if you want to listen to it. And I'll see you on the next one.